When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One and we are recording with the one and only Dr. Roger Hodkinson, who hasn't been on here in a minute, uh, entirely, which is my own fault because I keep postponing. But, uh, Dr. Hodkinson, before I jump into it, please introduce yourself, tell everyone who you are, your credentials, so they know that you're not just some quack doctor. And then, uh, yeah, and then we'll go on. Yes, uh, you know, fact-checking yourself is a little bit like asking your kid to do its uh, check its own homework, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, whatever you might have heard about me from AP and Soaps, of course, is not true. I've got a substantial career, graduate of Cambridge University, where I was a scholar, actually. Um, and uh, I came to Canada in 1970, became a general pathologist um, with the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons. Um, I've been president of our section of the Medical Association in Alberta. I've been an assistant professor at the university, done lots of teaching. Um, I run a big lab uh, doing all kinds of routine tests. Um, I'm presently the chairman of an American biotechnology company, heavily involved in DNA sequencing. Um, I've been the chairman of the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons Examination Committee in general pathology, uh, making sure that um, the residents coming out of the tube are safe to read um, breast biopsies, for example. Anyway, that's a smattering. Done a bunch of other stuff, but um, I'm not an expert in anything. Um, I'm an expert in common sense, having been around the block. <laughs> so just before we were recording, you told me we were, were winning and that's enough to make you smile. Could you uh, could you go into that a little more? Yeah, well, I'm really proud to say it started in my own province of Alberta. You might say Alberta where, Canada where. It's up there, you know, in igloo land. Yeah, um, yeah igloo and penguins and maple syrup, whatever you guys <laughs> do up there. That's right. That's right. Well, the medicine failed, of course, to move the needle. Uh, despite best efforts by the likes of icons, McCullough and Malone and Paul Alexander, Harvey Reich, et cetera, Jay Bhattacharya. Um, yeah, we were getting noticed, but not moving the needle. And uh, it took truckers, truckers coming out of Alberta, Canada to spend two weeks in Ottawa and be so harassed. Um, I was there with them for most of that time. Um, and uh, then that got cloned, of course, in the States, uh, where there are extensive convoys going on, as currently, all the time. Uh, the momentum is being maintained. But the point is, it took the truckers, the point of the spear, causing government to react in the draconian way that it did in Canada with the Emergency Measures Act, which we defeated, um, and that's brought attention, I think, globally to the reality that wokeism has infiltrated into every nook and cranny of every organization, inflicting eventually, cumulatively, um, a condition that allows politicians to get away with what they've done until now, because I think we won the first battle, but we have to keep our heads screwed on. The, the war is about to start. It's going to be a 20-year slog to get rid of wokeism, even if Trump gets in in 24, which I fully expect. So, yes, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic for another reason. I think the gig's up for the great resetters. We've now got their number. We have something to react to. It's unsustainable, if I could use their terminology. And rather than it being the great reset, reset I would now call the opportunity the great reject. The great reject, the momentum is on our side, and this is a scale that is commensurate with what I would call Magna Carta II. 
Magna Carta II is about to start. And that is going to be a most transforming event for modern politics, not just in the States, but in all Western countries. So I am very optimistic. And I say, thank God for the truckers. Thank God for COVID. Not a callous statement. People have died. But thank God for this event happening. We now have to make the most of it. We simply cannot lose. Losing takes us into a very dark space that democracy does not want to be. Democracy is, as I phrase it sometimes, you might say democracy, Tommy, is in the ICU right now because it was democracy was not given access to early treatment, which was available. And in the ICU, the doctors are not listening to you because they've got stethoscopes in their ears and they can't hear a goddamn thing. So it's up to everyone listening to be deputized as the new physicians, to get out there, spread the word, be aggressive, thump the table, take no prisoners, take the heat, whatever it takes, because we cannot lose this time. We cannot lose. Thank you for my opening monologue. <laughs> could, could you, your, your, your intro is brilliant. Could you, could you elaborate a little bit, uh, why it's the Magna Carta 2.0 and exactly what that will look like, if even loosely? Well, Magna Carta, of course, the the, the original Magna Carta, those brave barons when they yeah. went down that field in Runnymede to meet the king. 1215, they, was that the year? They didn't know if they were going to come home alive. Um, great similarity to the truckers being arrested and all the terrible arrests that have happened internationally. Oh, by the way, big news today. Willem Engels, that brave um, activist in Holland, has just been released, and the judge threw the charges out as simply un without merit. Um, so, yeah, the, the technocrats are arresting people willy-nilly, but everyone's getting out with the judges saying, sorry, um, no supporting evidence. But to get to your point, um, yes, um, it, it's, a, it's a difficult call, obviously, but um, I, I, I do believe that, that the opportunity in the, is there, the, the momentum's on our side. Um, what it would look like is, um, I think, a new polit political era where the old divide of left and right becomes obliterated, where, where traditional values, um, history, um, tradition, religion, family, um, these become the dominant issues for society. Once, once they're the, I mean, the, the, the brilliant thing about COVID was, of course, that once, as I call it, the autopsy of this is written, once the likes of Alex Berenson, who's not perfect, but similar investigative journalists, once they write the definitive short lay version of what has happened over the last two plus years, the scale of it, the immense death and disability that's resulted from it, the carnage at all levels, touching everyone on earth, mentally, physically, or financially. Once the great unwashed out there, they're not stupid. They're just being kept ignorant. Once they become aware of the scale of that, I think we're, we're set for a scale of revulsion we cannot imagine. And just like the great resetters took advantage of COVID and the Demo Democrats similarly, just like they took advantage of an unexpected opportunity, we must now too. We must take advantage of this unexpected opportunity. They poked the bear too hard, we're coming for you. We got your number, and we are going to win. Fuck yeah! <laughs> it's um. Can you go into exactly like what changes have been enacted in Canada? Because it seems like they kind of cracked down pretty immediately. Um, they they're pushed the. I think we're pushing for. I don't remember if everyone through the emergency powers and um, attacking people financially, freezing their bank accounts. Had, what what all has happened that would you could say or classify or categorize as a benefit of the of the convoy? As I said, Tommy, I think it's alerting people to the reality of how COVID could have happened 
that the reaction to COVID could have happened. That is the principal advantage. We did manage to defeat the Emergency Measures Act with all its draconian implications of, of seizing bank accounts and being imprisoned for the most trivial of reasons. Yes, we, we did achieve all of that, but I think we, we've got to keep our heads screwed on. Although we won that battle, the underlying issue that we still have to win is to get rid of the public health emergency internationally. It never was a public health emergency anywhere, never in a month of Sundays, nothing worse than a bad seasonal flu in the grand scheme of things. And so getting rid of that is so critical because it is the underpinning, underpinning of all the reactions that took place, in, 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 and in particular, the, the clot shot. Um, once you take away there is no public health emergency, which should, should have been gone a couple of years ago, um, then everything else collapses. There's going to be great resistance to do that, of course, with all the hand-wringing of you know, being prepared and the precautionary principle and all that you know, eco-free ecology that, that's come out of eco-free ecology. Um, yeah, it's, um, it, the war's not being won. But the momentum's on our side, the wind's at our back, and God damn it, we're going to win this one. Do you think there's ever going to be a, a widespread, uh, I don't know, awareness of just how dangerous the vaccines are? It seems like as more and more time goes on, the jig kind of seems to be up, right? It's no, no one's surprised anymore when healthy 25-year-olds drop dead from heart attacks. But it still seems like they are pushing it along just just fine, right? Fauci uh, very publicly got a second booster. Joe Biden went and got a second booster. Like it, that's still going. Like you still have the you still have these brain dead morons going on TV and talking about how. I mean, one chick I don't know who it was on Twitter was like just got my got my second booster so my fourth covid shot and they threw in a bunch of free covid tests as like an applause of us getting and it's like you just got your fourth vaccine in under a year and on top of it they gave you some tests for the disease that you just got your fourth in 12 months vaccines against uh, I, the reaction's only just starting tommy um the, the 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 fact that the the vaccine has failed, we, I mean, it's incontrovertible. We're seeing on a percentage per capita basis, on a per capita basis now per hundred thousand, we're seeing vastly more people hospitalised and dying who've been vaccinated than those who have been unvaccinated. So the 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 truth will always come out. It's a matter of someone articulating it in lay language and getting it disseminated. You cannot suppress the truth. The basement printing press will always trump government. It's a matter of time, admittedly, but I think the time is rapidly coming when the mass of society are going to realize the scale of which they have been lied to with intentional propaganda that's been churned out constantly, aided and abetted by the media and politics, and of course, with the church standing by, you know, hiding behind their pulpit, um, it's now getting safe for people to emerge. As, for example, that um, senator in, in Australia who just stood up and gave a most devastating critique of what the Australian government was doing. It's now getting safe to speak. And more and more will do so. And it will add a groundswell of opinion to the existing momentum that we have and that's the reason i'm positive are we ever going to see any sort of trials for a guy like fauci or is that is that wishful thinking five finger fauci the most vile man walking yes i'd love to see him in jail i'd like to pull the lever on the trap door as a matter of fact because <laughs> he has been he has been the person, the person responsible for thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of lives. When you look at the VAERS data, Tommy, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You see how underreported 12,000 is. More likely, everyone thinks 100,000. Are you kidding me? 100,000 people dying from being vaccinated while the deaths are overestimated. You know, most people are now leaning towards the view that the number of deaths when the dust settles that can be clearly attributed to the vaccine probably exceed the number of deaths saved by the vaccine by a factor of two to one, something in that kind of ratio. Now, that's not exactly one's definition of a successful medicine, is it? When it kills more than it saves, it contravenes that first medical ethic that's been trampled on by government of first do no harm, first do no harm. And then they trampled on the second ethic of informed consent. How can you be in, how can you have informed consent if you're not informed? The very colleges that are supposed to protect you from me to make sure that I'm not a pedophile, to make sure that I'm not cutting off the wrong leg, etc. I'm calling those colleges now internationally co-conspirators with government in state-sanctioned murder, period, underlined in neon, exactly the opposite of the reason they're there. So the net result of that is government is your new doctor. Be worried. Be very worried. Next time you go in to see him or her with a belly ache that could be cancer, and he tests you and says you're, you're fine, are you going to believe that opinion? Maybe not. In medicine, we have earned trust that comes with the esteemed title of doctor. We have earned trust over centuries, centuries of consistent consistently putting the public ahead of ourselves. Now, your doctor has lied to you, to your face. He has put his pocketbook ahead of you. That is not the medicine I joined. And that is a very sad day indeed. In fact, it will make many people not get vaccinated with vaccines that are probably, I use that word advisedly now because of the evidence of lying at the CDC and FDA, many vaccines, I believe, are still likely to be shown on re-examination of the data to be safe and effective. But it will create vaccine, general vaccine hesitancy of the population, which in my opinion is not a good outcome. What are some of... uh... What are some of the manifestations we're going to see? Of the, I mean, obviously you have you have the deaths, you have myocarditis, Guillain-Barré syndrome. Um, what are, what are going to be some of the, I don't know, one year, two year, five year manifestations of the vaccine side effects that maybe aren't flat out death? Well, in in the short term, of course, um, with this the second dump of the Pfizer, docu- Pfizer documents we've seen that those people who were vaccinated started dying of infections because of immune suppression. It's important here for everyone to distinguish between AIDS, acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, and HIV. This is not HIV, um, but the immune suppression has created a form of AIDS. Now, it's very important for everyone listening to realize that the immune system in addition to its function of getting rid of bugs, which are not you, it also gets rid of the other thing that's not you, which is called cancer. Cancer has mutated. It's not you. So we're already seeing an emergence of new cancers at a greater rate than normal. We're seeing the emergence of cancers that were previously under control, getting out of control. That's a deep concern. But in in the Medium term, um, there are other very serious risks that we all hope will not materialize, but they're, they're there. They need to be investigated. They've not been investigated because they just don't want to know. And I'm talking here, and I'll, I'll explain why in a minute, but just in summary, we're talking here about the potential 10, 20 years from now of a wave of dementia, 
a wave of heart failure and a wave of a wave of cancer. I talked about the last one, but let's talk about the first two. We now know that 60% of people who have been vaccinated who do not have anything other than a sore arm and a headache, we do know that they have evidence of blood clotting on a widespread basis in their body, the D-dimer test. Now, what that translates into is those capillaries that are blocked, because they are the very small blood vessels, the cells that those blocked capillaries used to serve will die. Now, in organs like the brain and the heart that um, do not regenerate, once you've lost those cells, you are potentially reducing the reserve of the brain and the reserve of the heart that would carry you through into extreme old age. Once that reserve is, is killed off, you're potentially accelerating the onset of senile diseases like dementia and heart failure. That's very concerning. Other organs like the liver and the kidney do regenerate. Um, you can cut out half of them and it, they'll, they'll regrow, but not the brain and the heart. Once you kill cells in those organs, they are done forever. And then, of course, we have the issue of fertility. We, 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 we knew from the, the Pfizer submission to the Japanese authorities that the, in rats, the experimental vaccine nanoparticles located heavily, heavily in the rat ovaries. That was well demonstrated. Now, given the fact that baby girls are born with all the eggs they're ever going to have in their entire life, don't you think it would have been a good idea to check on female fertility before we go injecting this stuff into the arms of children, let alone pregnant women, women let, alone, let alone women who may want to be pregnant in the future? I mean, obviously, these are potentially, all that I've just described, are potentially devastating consequences of a new technology that were just not investigated. We all hope it, they don't happen. But there should be studies, of course, to investigate that. And the studies are not likely to be funded by Five Finger Fauci because he controls him and the, the uh, Welcome in Institute in Britain and Gates. Collectively, they, they represent 90% of all the money available for clinical trials in, in the world. Could you go into a little more about the dementia aspect? Because I hadn't heard, I guess it kind of makes sense. Anything that would block off the flow of blood or oxygen would then cause atrophy. And then the importance would be on the, the, the tissues that don't regenerate. But I hadn't heard the dementia aspect before. But I guess that would kind of make sense, right? It'd be anything that doesn't get blood or oxygen dies. Yeah, I, I'm not the first person to say that. It's just a logical extrapolation of what we call technically diffuse intravascular coagulation. It's a random event. Um, we don't know how much uh, will be taking place in any one organ because there's no way of checking that by imaging or, or testing. Um, it, you just hope that you haven't knocked off enough cells in, our, in the brain or the heart to affect the, the function of those organs uh, 20 years from now. Um, we, we won't know a lot of this stuff for years now. And so, you know, quite apart from that risk, the sheer death rate from the clot shot should be enough to stop it in its tracks now for everybody, for, for no, no one should get this vaccine this gene therapy, for any reason, anywhere on earth, because of the fact that it's a new technology that just hasn't been subjected to the five to 10 year critical examination that would have revealed the answer to all these questions. Are we going to see any uh, disease side effects or vaccine side effects from the alteration of DNA as opposed to just microclotting? You're right. Um, 
it was contentious uh, until recently. Uh, there were two teams at MIT who were at loggerheads, one saying that the RNA, RNA, mRNA could not be reverse transcribed. That means reversing the usual process of DNA to RNA to proteins. It was do- that was dogma um, until a couple of weeks ago when it was shown that in fact, uh, the mRNA can in fact go the other direction of being translated and incorporated into the DNA of liver cells that are human liver cells that are being grown in a Petri dish. Now, that's dramatic because we don't know what the long-term consequences of that could be. Could it be transgenerational? Um, you can't get into the, into the eggs of, of young girls, but you can get into spermatozoa production. Could this be transgenerational? Where is it inserting in the human D- DNA genome? Exactly where? Is it random or is it specific? Is it inserting, for example, adjacent to genes that are known to be carcinogenic, oncogenes, we call them? Is it, like, is it likely to be activating oncogenes? We don't know. You see the scale of what our ignorance is, Tommy. It, it's, it's galactic ignorance, given the scale of what could happen to future generations. Total ignorance about these long-term consequences. Which would make me want to revisit some of our earlier podcasts. Has your opinion on on this changed at all and that you don't think some part of this was premeditated? No, not a, not a really? bit. Not a bit. Look, I, enough. I, I'm aware of the suspicions. Sure. But there is no forensic audit connect, connecting the dots. Yeah. And until that forensic audit is, is produced, even Bregan's book, even Kennedy, no one has produced the forensic audit. In the meantime, we have so many facts to stop this madness. We do not want to give the dark forces the opportunity of ad hominem attacks yeah. to show that something is not provable while ignoring all the stuff that is. Yeah. So I say, stick to our knitting, blinkers on, keep focused on the core issues. Yeah. This, this, we must learn from this madness about the, the risks of gain of function. We must learn from it in terms of feeding China, our future enemy. There are enormous lessons coming out of COVID that we need to pay particular attention to way beyond COVID itself. Yeah. How, look, how, how does an, another big thing that's come out of all of this, of course, is how big pharma gets medicines approved. They conducted their own clinical trials. <laughs> it's a little bit like, as I said earlier on, having your child correct his homework. <laughs> And not only, not only did they do that, but knowingly they hid negative data. And the FDA was complicit in hiding the data, knowing that it existed and approving the products anyway. That's the scale of corruption that's been going on between what are now being called the, it's not original, but it's cute, the alphabet agencies, you know, CDC, FDA, NIH, etc. You know, they are all systemically corrupt from the top down. The medical journals, New England Journal and The Lancet, corrupt. New British medical journals, the singular exception out there in terms of international journals of, of stature. Yeah, the, the corruption is, is monstrous. It's not supposed to be this way in medicine. It's changed medicine completely. There is now huge distrust of medicine, of the FDA and the CDC. Look, what if they, if they hid the data on COVID, 
you have to ask yourself, given the incestuous relationship of, of the FDA and the CDC with Big Pharma, the revolving door of executives, you have to ask yourself very seriously, what else have they hidden? What, el- what other drugs have gone to market with hidden data, with fraudulent data, with corruption at the highest level in the CDC and the FDA? We don't know. That's a very disturbing discovery. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what I've thought is that seems to be the much bigger picture is the reason all this went on is because it was, you know, this was business as usual. Hold on, turning off the light right in my eyes. Um, it, that's all business as usual. That's right. I think that's what it is, is we're all looking at this as like, oh, and that's kind of where I think it might lead you to believe that it's a coordinated conspiracy because it's like, oh, they're all in on it. But what you're seeing is, is this is, you know, this is the this is the 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 tide lowering and you're seeing all the wrecked ships at the bottom. And it's Mm -hmm. like they didn't all get there last night. These things have been rotted through for decades. And what COVID's showing is this isn't a conspiracy the whole thing's just shit from top to bottom. And all it takes is two brain cells to go. Do you think there was something to do with Oxycontin? Do you think this had something to do with all these things? And then that's the, I mean, that's the, that's the elephant, right? The, the uncertainty it's injected is even if these organizations, organizations are cleaned up from the top, which yeah. they have to be. You know, there's a lovely phrase that I, I use at the bottom of all my emails now is a rotting fish starts to stink at the head. <laughs> yeah. 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 You you Trump's got to get rid of that upper echelon of still swivel servants, as I call them, just like Obama did. He's got to fire the lot of them. And actually before he he takes control in 24 if he if he's fortunate to do so and i'll come to why the risk there's a risk in a minute um you know i instead of going on television and bragging about his getting his booster he should go on television and say listen everyone read my lips day one in november 24 fauci's gone He lied to me. He made me do things that right now I see were terribly wrong. And I profoundly apologize to every American citizen for the horrors that happened because of that duplicity by Fauci. And I guarantee you he's gone on day one. The risk that he has of not being able to say that is precisely what I just alluded to. He's still showing support for the vaccines to the extent of getting a shot, a booster shot himself. The Democrats could well lay it all at his feet in 24, the warp speed vaccine. And my advice to him would be, and his handlers, if they're listening, Stephen Miller, who I deeply respect and similar people to influence him. Put your standard in the ground now, Donald. Put your standard in the ground. State what I just said. Make it obviously truthful with great gravitas. Because if you don't do that, if you don't get ahead of the curve now, the Democrats could slaughter you in 24 when the deaths associated with the vaccine become clear. It's, it would be, it's not good enough for Trump to say, but, but Biden saw it was happening on his watch too. Yeah. The train was leaving the station and he got it going. That's a, it's a very concerning risk that he's facing. Now, do you think there's any way for him to win or do you think we're going to see some, some fucky midnight magic again? And a uh, hundred trillion votes come in on a flatbed, and the, miraculously they're all for Biden. And do, or perhaps, 
another question. Are we going to see that in 2022? Is this our barometer to see whether or not the elections are? Because once you pull that move, you can pull it, but you can't really, you know, you can pull off 9-11. But after that, you need a new terrorist attack because they've tightened up airport security. So, like, you can steal an election in the way they did, but they've kind of played that card now. I, I don't think so, Tommy. I think, you know, the Dominion machines and all that, I think there's so much awareness now of fraud and the need for invigilators and and so on. Um, I don't think we'll see fraud to the same degree to influence an election. I, I, I don't see that happening. Uh, I, I see the risk of the carnage from not just the vaccines, but the mandates as well, the, the business failures, the way children have been brutalized to the extent of suicide. I see all that being laid at Trump's feet and being very difficult to avoid potential loss. Remember, he lost the last election because of COVID, because of the great opportunity that was presented to the Dumbocrats um, to, you know, connive that, you know, we, we can't have in-person voting because it's too risky to go to the polls because of COVID. Remember that. He lost the election because of absentee ballots that the Democrats knew they could milk. He lost that election directly due to COVID and the, the incredible opportunity that dropped in the Democrats' laps. He could lose the next one for a different reason. And that is very worrying not just for Trump, but for society and the world. Because if Trump goes down, God help us all. What do you think about all the biolabs they're finding in Ukraine? All the US funded biolabs? Doesn't that seem a little doesn't that seem a little smelly? Well, it stinks. Um, yeah. I mean, we saw evidence of that. I mean, the, the index case was Wuhan. I mean, that wasn't a bio lab, but it was an offshoring of a dangerous activity that was prohibited at home. The full context of what they were actually doing in those labs in the Ukraine remains to be seen. The Russians probably know already. Um, they were almost certainly doing the same thing. Uh, I'd like to think that a lot of those labs were there for other more innocuous reasons. Um, but it is worrying when you when you see the lying that's been going on, when you see the deep corruption in, in the Ukraine and the 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 involvement of uh, Biden and his son in what was going on there. Um, there's now talk of there having been potentially some serious financial financial benefit <laughs> to uh, Hunter Biden for in his involvement in the bio labs. Yeah, it it's. It, but you know what? It, it, the more people get alerted to gain of function, the better, because it's an existential threat to the an entire humanity. It's not rocket science. And the next one could make, look, make COVID look like a walk in the park. If it's an intentional, we call them, we call them hybrids, hybridomas. We, we, merging two or three different genomes in order to get the lethal mix of infectivity as well as well as lethality. Once you've got something that's very transmissible and very lethal, you have the black death or worse. It's as simple as that. That is the single biggest lesson to come out of COVID. Gain of function should be stopped internationally by treaty immediately and anywhere that's even suspected of doing it and not complying, they should be bombed out of existence. (laughs) Dr. Hodkinson for president. Um, Do you think we're going to see that? Do you think we're going to see another uh, gain-of-function disease? Dr. Hodkinson? You there? No, I think we lost him. Dr. Hawkinson's paused up. Well, I guess I'll monologue. 
Dr. Hodgkin's been calling for the bombing of nations that continue to put up with gain-of-function research. A bold assertion. I'm not entirely against. Um, yeah, he should be popping back in any second. Yeah, I mean, you know, is, is, it, is it man's folly that we're just walking into gain-of-function research and we're, here he is, and we're going to be stumbling over this? Um. Uh, he's back. Yeah, is it folly or is it intentional? I don't, I don't know. Dr. Hodkinson? It's blinking in and out. Dr. Hodkinson, if you can see or hear me, I can't see or hear you. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not entirely convinced that this isn't all an accident. I know Dr. Hodkinson's not. And he makes a good point, you know, don't make uh, baseless accusations when there are so many credible things that you can you can attack them with, which I guess makes sense from like a, like a rational standpoint. Um, but I don't know. It seems with Moderna's patent or that specific genetic sequence, I mean, I know it's a beating a dead horse, but everything World Economic Forum related, Bill Gates always seems to be a couple months ahead of the curve, right? Talking about how vaccines are going to be the next big money maker in like early 2019 and then buying up all the farmland. And we're now seeing the value of farmland and and food shortages and fertilizer expenses going astronomical because of the war in Ukraine. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm seeing patterns where patterns aren't like looking at clouds and seeing shapes of dogs and shit. Um, but I don't know. I'm not entirely convinced that it's I mean, it, the hell do I know? I have no idea. It's obviously, I think, probably more intriguing to the mind or more accepting or more appetizing if you will to say that it's all conspiracy because it kind of makes it kind of makes sense um i don't know hodkinson's nowhere to be seen because it, it if it if it's a conspiracy it makes sense right if it's a conspiracy you have something to hang your hat on and even though it's evil you can still you can still point to it and say, this is why it happened. There's a coordinated group of evil doers in the world. You know, it's like, uh, it's like the deeds have to balance out. Dr. Hawkinson, I don't know if you can see or hear me. I can't see or hear you. This happened last time he was on this exact thing. Where it would just keep blinking in and out. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I think it's like uh, the idea of weighing. I forget who it was. It might have been Gerald Posner, the author, or Jefferson Morley, the author. Um, you, you want things to sort of weigh out on the good and evil scale. So, like the reason why, one of the reasons why it's hard to accept that Lee Harvey was a lone gunman who was just, you know, a whack job is because you look at Kennedy and he's he's handsome he's he, he's 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 a beloved it's the it's White House Camelot he defused the Cuban missile crisis we're going to send a man to the moon it's you know and he gets taken out by Lee Harvey Oswald who used to run around his apartment jumping on and off furniture and he tells his wife it's cuz he wanted to have strong legs so if he ever had to hijack a plane he could kick down the door i mean retarded shit it's hard to accept that that guy just, you know, got off four shots or however many shots he got off and, and, and domed Kennedy and I'm on a moving target. It's hard to accept that. You know, you want it to be a conspiracy because such a beloved character could only be taken down by a, a group of highly competent demons, not, not Lee Harvey helmet that life jacket wearing retard so 
you know, 9-11, amongst other reasons why it's hard to believe that it was just 19 hijackers. It's because it's like, wait, hold on. We outspent the Soviet Union. We had SDI. We were willing, we're going to be shooting down uh, Soviet ICBMs with particle beams from orbit. And 19 goat fuckers and sandals came over here with some box cutters. And instead of doing a, you know, a, a diorama or whatever the fuck you made in like middle school, they went and took down the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. And then Flight 93 wasn't taken down by our competent U.S. military, but by some guys who, hey, you know, heroes. But you don't want that. Rationally, it can't make sense. Really, a bat just like shit on someone's food or something, and then we had COVID. Dr. Hawkinson's trying again. Maybe he'll pop in. There he is. He's back. Hi there, Tommy. I'm sorry. Sorry about. Sorry about that. You're um, quite all right. I, I held it down. Don't worry. I monologued. I I, um, I filled the I, dead air. I live remotely for a good reason. <laughs> yeah, as, as well as you probably should. Um, but do you think we're do you, you cut out just before you said we should bomb nations that continue to do gain of function research, which I like. I think it's great. I personally think you should be running for president of the United States, although I don't think you can. Do you think we're going to see another pandemic sooner than later? And if if that happens, will you will you have to look at this and say this is intentional? Well, the, the, I don't believe this one was intentional, but it's certainly given appetite to um, um, wackos in obscure laboratories that could do this um, with very limited funding. This is not rocket science. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the likelihood of success is very low because it's very hard to construct a new virus that is, has the simultaneous qualities of infectivity and virulence. That's technically very, it is more difficult. Uh, the likelihood of failure is high. That's not to say that some idiots couldn't try and do it. And I want to re-emphasize, underlined in neon, that could be the end of the human race. I'm not exaggerating here. It's that worrying, much more worrying than nuclear war, an order of magnitude more worrying. Because in the wrong hands, it could be absolutely disastrous. For me, real quick, could you explain the difference between infectivity and virulence? Infectivity, transmissibility means how easy is it for me to get infected and pass it on to you? How efficient is that? Okay. With, with, um, with COVID and, and TB, it's not very efficient. With SARS, it was very efficient, for example. Um, with Ebola, it's quite efficient. Uh, that's transmissibility. Virulence means how bad a disease does it create. Okay. So you have that combination of being easily transmitted and causing severe disease. That's the combination that would be devastating. Gotcha. I was thinking that I was associating virulence with like viral videos, thinking that was made it but that's not at all. Okay. Um, yeah. Isn't that the, isn't that the problem is that like the more lethal diseases is it kills off the hosts and this and thus doesn't spread as fast. Yes. That that's historically accurate with natural selection of these pathogens, but we're not talking about a natural pathogen here. We're talking about something that is designed yeah. to kill designed to be transmitted that is extraordinarily worrying. And just because it has this funny acronym of GOF, gain of function, which people don't really understand, um, makes it a bit of a sleeper. But it's not. It's number one. It's the number one issue that we have to learn from because of COVID. Because it's going on 
secretly all over the place. It's going on in Canada right now in in the level four lab in Winnipeg. They're doing data function in Canada? Yes. And it's probably going on in the States in Fort yeah. Derrick. Why? This this is I guess this is where my mind starts to say like it can't be maybe it's not an it's not it is but it isn't an accident like the gain of function is clearly not an accident maybe it actually was an unintentional leak but it seems like man it seems like we're playing with fire totally totally the 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 the, the intent of gain of function is laudable the intent is if we make something more infectious we can study it better, in a right? laboratory that's hermetically sealed. We can study it and possibly, possibly find better ways of treating it. That's the theory. The problem with the theory is having run big labs, not level four labs by any means, but I've run big labs. And you can put all kinds of safety controls that you want in a lab but they're never going to be 100% because you have a thing called people working in there. And the people are the, are the weak link in any lab, level four lab or in a hospital laboratory near you. It's the people that can't be trusted to meticulously follow the biosafety precautions. To, to understand how, how, how culpable Fauci is, it was known from State Department communiques from Wuhan how, how poor the biosafety was. It was known by the French who built the place how poor the biosafety was. And he did it anyway. Of course, unlikely to escape, but it did. He was caught with his pants down, and he was the first person on earth to know the gig is up. And I believe that just about everything that followed was an attempt by Fauci to delay, divert, dilute anything that could point fingers at him, hoping desperately it would die out quickly so that he would be absolved of the blame. Yeah. Because nothing from an, just from a straight medical scientific perspective, he knew, just as we all know and knew then, that nothing, nothing that was done could be effective. We all knew that from the scientific literature. And then the vaccine came along as the savior that also backfired because that was such a brand new technology. It was predictable that it would have unexpected consequences. Murphy's Law, yeah. it was predictable. And that is, of course, what happened. But no one was predicting the scale with which the complications actually ensued. Can you run for office in Canada? I'm sorry, Tony? Can you run for office in Canada? Well, I'm 77 and... Um, Who cares? I, I don't think I've got enough uh, tank in the gas um, in the tank. Bullshit. Get out of <laughs> here. Get out of here with that, that weak-ass attitude. That's not the questions I asked, Dr. Hodkinson. I asked, can you run? Yeah, I, I should have entered politics years ago. Uh, it's, in the, it's the past. You can get something going now. There are, there are some great people emerging. Um, I know one personally. Um, uh, his name is Joseph Joe um, Golay. It's a hard French spelling. Um, but he is a very wealthy farmer from Saskatchewan who is trying to do in Canada what Trump did in the States, basically ambush an existing party and change it from within. Um, he has my full support. I've been at rallies with him. Uh, he's a wonderful man. He's apolitical in the sense of the traditional parties. He wants to bring together people under, with common values, as I described earlier on, just like Trump, left and right becoming irrelevant, um, tradition, religion, democratic, core democratic values. Um, so there's already someone trying to do that up here, Tommy, um, at a national level. 
There's also attempts to do that at a provincial level by um, trying to um, succeed in creating, hold, wait for it, the Republic of Alberta. People here are so angered, viscerally angered, by the leadership in this province that there is a massive growing movement to separate with a well-articulated plan. So you may well see us um, come knocking on your door, Tommy, wanting to be uh, a new state of the USA once the yeah. dust goes. I will I'll do whatever lobbying I can to get you, get you joined. I think you should run for the very reason you just said you shouldn't. You don't think there's a lot of gas t- left in the tank? Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? You're not trying to set up a political dynasty. You're not trying to set up a career. Right. That's all the more reason to go. Is just go out firing. I'm, I'm doing my my bit, Tommy. Oh. I'm very very public, very high profile, talking about the connection between medicine and politics. I'm I'm leaving it to others to actually um, monetize that, you might say, and translate that into a successful political campaign. It's not for the faint-hearted to, to get into politics with both feet. Um, believe me, it's not that I'm not, I don't have spunk, okay? I know, that's, I know. I, I've got that in spades and it's getting me into trouble and I don't intend to stop. Um, but I, I'm I'm here ready and willing to to help politicians connect the dots for the average person. Listen, the the great unwashed out there, they're not stupid. They are not stupid people. When I was in Ottawa, I can tell you, those truckers humbled me. Wise, educated family men. Yes, they had tattoos. Yes, they smoked. Yes, they were missing teeth. Yes, they had dirty fingernails. But they were really nice, decent, educated people. That's who we have to appeal to in the broader spectrum of things, to let people know the gravity of what's happened, the scale of it, how it's brutalized children in unimaginable ways, how it's affected so many people financially, entrepreneurs with their life savings on the line, how it's affected people psychologically. But look, we've lost two years of our lives We've been prisoners in our own country, not able to travel. We've been risking imprisonment and seizing of bank accounts, all for something, nothing worse than a bad seasonal flu with certain nuances. Yes, but in the grand scheme of things, nothing worse than that. When the scale of that starts sinking in, the opportunity for a new political order becomes enormous and not of the type that the great resetters were expecting. We're going to turn around and bite them in the fucking ass. <laughs> this is why I love you, Dr. Hodkinson. I think I still stand by it. I think you need to go out and run, if anything, to change the window of acceptable discourse. Because it's like after Trump, now people have to act like Trump because the, the B people have, got, have gotten a taste of it. And now your your average I'm a politician, it doesn't fly anymore. They want some Trump motherfucker going out there. I think that's what you need to do is you go out firing. Other people will be like, hey man, if you're not if you're not as crazy as Hodkinson, I'm not voting for you. It'll have an effect long after you're gone. People have to politicians have to stop the double speak. They gotta talk in the vernacular just like I do. Yeah. You know, I, I I can be I can be a snotty academic, you know, what I want to be. Yeah. Um yeah. But uh, I know how to translate. But I, look, what I bring to the party is, is not a deep understanding of statistics like Paul Alexander, Peter Malone, Robert, uh, Peter McCullough, Robert Malone, etc. What I bring to the party is an honest-to-goodness ability to pull the threads together with sound bites for the lay public to understand. And the biggest soundbite that I'm using right now to get attention, Tommy, is something, again, shock tactic, I'm afraid, but it, it, it's, it's to express the scale of outrage and the magnitude of the, 
of the effects, and it's this. What's been happening over the last two years is nothing more than the rape of our soul. The rape of our soul. It's been that vicious, it's been that calculated, and it's been that successful, attacking our very humanity. It's an enormous lesson for us to act on individually, not waiting for a leader, not waiting for that. Individually, get out there, talk it up, lose friends, lose your job, consider plan B, because your credentials will always be there when the dust settles and they want to hire you back. We're now seeing, of course, the edifice crumbling, all kinds of straws in the wind internationally. The University of Toronto, for example, just reversed itself and now allows everyone to come back to campus unvaccinated and without a mask. Um, you know, the, the utter gall of these organizations, the utter gall to put people through the vice of being at the breakfast table talking about, do we put bread on the table or do I put my life on the line? And then succumbing to the vax yeah. and all the risks associated with that. And then after that decision has been made, they have the utter gall to say, oh, oh, you know what? We changed our mind. Just like that. Having put people through that enormous psychological stress millions of times across North America. And then turning around and saying, oh, we changed our mind. I mean, that's that's despicable. That's heinous, despicable. I I can't find an adjective to describe the scale. Demonic. Are going to react to that? We're not prepared for it, Tommy. That scale of revulsion is about to set in. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know, all the people that did succumb to it. Have life changing injuries, and all this. I mean, I've had people on here before that I've had a woman on here before that used to, I think she used to ride her bike if it was like 50 or 100 miles a day, and now she needs a walker just to move around her house. She's like 40, yeah, and now she can't do anything because of uh, uh, myocarditis. What happens when like her place of employment reverses that? And it's like, sorry, quiet. Sorry, Quite. you're fucked. You can't walk around anymore. I know you're just an athlete. No hard with, feelings. With no, with no explanation, no apology, just a shrug of the shoulders saying, oh, you know what? <laughs> we just changed our mind. You can come back now if you want. To which my reaction is that. That. Yeah. They're demons. I don't think so. What, I, what I've been suggesting to people is just a reflection of my own life experience. I've had three devastating things happen to me in my life, in my career. Truly devastating. But plan B has always ended up being better than plan A. So I say to people, do something crazy. Go on a tuna boat off the West Coast. I don't care what it is. Start a new business. Recognize that you might fail. So what? Dust yourself off. Start all over again. Declare bankruptcy. Big deal. You know, just be positive because it could well be that plan B is infinitely better than working for the idiots that would force that decision on you. Absolutely. Yeah. Have faith in yourself. Have faith in your skills. Have faith in your, your, you're, you're, you're just resolve to succeed. And because that's what made America, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, all of America is the craziest startup company ever. You have yeah. a bunch of motherfuckers with no money hopping on a boat, three boats to go across the ocean, might not have even made it, got here, fought Indians. 
<laughs> and a couple of events later walked on the moon. Like it's the most insane fucking, you know, forget Amazon, forget Apple, forget Google. Yeah, it it it's it's right the most insane college right dropout startup company ever. It's the United States. Right. So on. hell yeah. On that note, Dr. Hawkinson, let's wrap this one up. You're a beacon to the world, America. It's it's beautiful. And Dr. Hodkinson, as always, even though I have zero authority to grant it, I do grant you honorary citizenship in the United States. And one day when I amass enough money from this podcast to go build a compound out in the woods, you will be the on-site physician in my crazy backwoods compound as we hold well, out against the globalists. When the border opens, I might well come down and... Uh, I'll smuggle you across. Give I don't you a care. Great- Give you a great big hug, Tommy. I'll I'll smuggle you across. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Trudeau's a bitch. Tell that fucker to do something. I hate that guy. Um, and I'll take uh, the hug. A much more appropriate title is Satan's Spawn. Satan's Spawn. Yeah, that's what that. God, that guy. I can't fucking. I he's going to, he's going to get the tap on the shoulder saying, "Sorry, boy, you're more trouble than." Yeah. We want to retain the levers of power and um, you're not doing, you're not yeah. helping us. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Dr. Hawkinson, I'll email you this one when it's up. We'll do it again. Thank you so much. God bless you. You're a wonderful soul. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, sir. Yeah, pleasure, Tommy. We'll do it again. God bless.